For years, the people in this town told lies about me. They locked me away, called me a monster. Now, they will get the monster they all deserve. Sarah Bellows' book. When the stories write themselves and it all comes alive. Who came up with all this sick stuff? What's going on, everybody? My name is Paul Dosky, and I'm here with our lovely fiance, Tessa Baker. And we also have our co host, assistant, Stacey Cox. And we are here to talk about, well, a couple of things, really. I mean, the way you want to look at this episode, it could be between the books and the film. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things where. It's not just one book. It's three different books. But without further ado, we're here to talk about the 2019 film, Scary Story to Tell in the Dark. This was a PG-13 film and not a rated R film. So uh, there was a thump down on that part on my end because I was kind of hoping... Um, before we really get into this too, is I was really hoping because of like me being an, uh, me being a like original reader, I was thinking, oh, this would be great, like a grown up version of scary stories to tell in the dark. And maybe, you know, it's like it grew up with it, the original readers, but no, unfortunately, they kept it PG 13 to pretty much just keep it in the way of trying to not only you know, make it so that it doesn't get to a lot of people because of that R rating, but it's also, I guess, a way of it for, it brings in a new crowd of people, I guess. But that's just my little, small little opinion. Uh, Stacy, you had some mixed feelings, I heard. So I would like to start with you on Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Uh, yes, I do have mixed feelings. Um... I was really excited about this when, you know, they first started talking about a film adaptation. And, um, but I was thinking that they were going to go into it, like, pretty much sticking to the original books. And it was already disappointing to see when they reimagined the books with the different 
um, with a different illustrator and different illustrations, that was a disappointment. So with the film, um, I wasn't really too, I, w I wasn't too excited um, about how they chose to pretty much like bring those illustrations to life on the screen. You know, like it, I mean, they weren't bad. The practical effects and special effects weren't bad. And you know, like it, it, it's on right. But to me, it wasn't really scary stories to tell in the dark. It was something different. The monster that we see in the movie is actually the original drawing, right? Yeah, but also, you know what? I'm really thinking about the actual illustrations in the books and how, like, creepy, because it was black and white, the stories were creepy, and then the illustrations were even more creepier. So I guess I was kind of hoping for that whole same creepy vibe, really, when it came to the movie. You know, and um, like the way the movie is, it just didn't give me that creepy vibe. Well, do you think it's kind of like what I was just stating like a second ago, how they kind of kept it for that? It's kind of like the same crowd for back in the day rather than the original reader that grew up with them? <clears throat> yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, like it didn't even have to be like a rated R movie because even the books themselves weren't really. Uh, I don't think they were rated R per se. I mean, they had really creepy drawings, eerie drawings. But you know, it was for kids. You know, we were kids reading these stories. You know, it's kind of like kind of like a Goosebumps book, but a little bit scarier than Goosebumps. And but even with that in mind. Um, I still, I guess, expected more. You know, like, like say, for instance, um, I think my favorite part in the film was the, um, oh, I, I got to remember the name, uh, Do, Do Mighty Walker. Oh, um, hold on, let me find, you know, the... Uh, the thing that can like dismantle itself. Right. What what, what was his name? That's what I'm trying. I'm looking it up because I am like butchering that name. Me Taido or I want to say that was my favorite like uh, monster in the movie. No, he was creepy. Me Tai Walker. Thank you. Yes. Taido Walker. Uh, he was my favorite in the movie. Um, he did give me a creepy vibe. You know, like how he was talking and then walking. Then, like you said, how he just pretty much was like tearing off his own limbs and throwing. Them. I was like, oh no, that's a little depraved right there. So, yeah, which he actually did that in the book, which. Which Tessa had to tell me something too, because of course, me being you know part deaf and stuff, it doesn't really help. But uh, she was telling me that the dog spoke too, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Because, yeah, the dog was speaking. Because in the book, 
we know that the dog actually says something too in the book itself. Mm -hmm. So I like that it actually kept that vibe from the story that the dog actually said something. Because even the, even the, uh, uh, I forget it. It's, it was even a police officer in the movie right now because I don't have. I don't think the actual book is it. Act oh yeah, you do. Um, yeah, you got it right there. Actually, is it a police officer? Yeah, it's. I'll just read it real quick. It's not very long. All right, read it. Uh, uh me, Tido Walker. There was a haunted house where every night a bloody head fell down the chimney. At least that's what people said. So nobody would stay there overnight. Then a rich man offered $200 to whoever would do it. And this boy said he would try if he could have his dog with him. So it was all settled. The very next night, the boy went to the house with his dog. To make it more cheerful, he started a fire in the fireplace. Then he sat in front of the fire and waited. And his dog waited with him. And for a while, nothing happened. But a little after midnight, he heard someone singing softly and sadly off in the woods. The singing sounded something like this. Me, Tai Do, Tai Walker. It's just somebody singing, the boy told himself, but he was frightened. Then his dog answered the song softly and sadly it sang. Lichini kichini kalimali dingo dingo. The boy could not believe his ears. His dog had never uttered a word before. Then a few minutes later, he heard the singing again. Now it was closer and louder, but the words were the same. Me tai do tai walker. This time, the boy tried to stop his dog from answering. He was afraid that whoever was singing would hear it and come after them. But his dog paid no attention and again it sang, Lichini kichini kalimali dingo dingo. After a half hour later, the boy heard the singing again. Now it was in the backyard and the song was the same. Me tai do tai walker. Again, the boy tried to keep his dog quiet, but the dog sang out louder than ever. Lichini kichini kali mali dingo dingo. Soon the boy heard the singing again, and now it was coming down the chimney. Me taido tai walker. The dog sang right back. Lichini kichini kali mali dingo dingo. And suddenly a, a bloody head fell out of the chimney. It was it missed the fire and it landed right next to the dog. The dog took one look and fell over dead from fright. The head turned and stared at the boy. Slowly, it opened its mouth and turned one of your friends and screamed, ah! And there's a story right from the book. And so here, here's a real interesting thing that I just found too on the IMDb <laughs> credit. So the actor that played me, Dingo, uh, yeah, that thing, <laughs> which is like one of my favorite too in the uh, scary stories to tell in the dark, who is played by Troy James, uh, who is also known for the film The Void. But so his name in the credits is actually 
Jangly Man, which is not the uh, Me Tai Do Doty Walker, Me Tai Doty Walker, which is very weird because everything else seems right, like the Harold Scarecrow and the Pale Lady. Those are all written uh, right, so I don't understand why they couldn't add that as the IMDb credit. But what do I know? Staying with the Big Toe Corp, too. That's all on the IMDb. But you have to look for Troy James if you want to find the Me Tai Do guy. So, and he can actually do that. So what? So what we actually were seeing in the film with uh, with that creature is actually really how Troy James can move around, which is makes it just that much more scarier. He's he, This guy's legitly a contortionist. Like, we've seen him in other, like, other films and stuff, and his movements and everything, and this guy is legitly a contortionist. He's probably one of the best contortionists I have ever seen. Because Period. the way that he moves, it is just so freaking scary. It's like, wow. Like, no human should be able to move like that. It's so inhuman how this guy moves. It gives you chills. Let's put it this way. Stop right now. Hit the pause button and go to YouTube and type in, like, scary stories to tell in the dark behind the scene. And you should find some videos where... Troy James is uh, in them, and the guy will even tell you, like, the directors and all the stunt people were like, yeah, what you see here is literally him doing it. Like, there's no wires or anything. It's just him. Like, he can actually physically do that with his body. So it's, that's oh, wow. how cool he is. It's the same guy that was in The Void, too, wasn't it? That's what I just said. Yeah, that's what I thought you just said. Yeah. Yeah. And the creature that he was in the void was freaking creepy too, and probably the best part of the whole like movie for the void. And then the, the sad part though about his part in the void was it wasn't even that long. So like if you miss it, you miss it. it it's really quick. So if you don't really know it's him, then you're not gonna catch on. And I haven't seen the void in a while, so I can't really tell you exactly where he is, but I know he comes from the, like, he's already Oh, where he comes from in in the movie? Yeah. He's the creature when you go, like, almost into, like, it's almost like you're transported into another dimension or something. You go into the wall and it's like you're transported somewhere else and He's like one of the first things that you meet when you cross over this threshold. Okay. Well, we, she remembers then. Oh, I couldn't forget that performance. <laughs> I couldn't either, but I'm just trying to remember like where in the movie that he is. Because, yeah, he needs to be in more horror movies. But anyways, <laughs> as far as that story goes in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and the fact that, like, because... Paul couldn't really hear the dog. I did have to tell him, like he said. But I just thought it was really cool that they actually stuck to that from the story. They actually made it so that the dog responded and spoke. Because I was just like, holy crap, they actually did it. They actually kept it so that the dog 
replies. And then when I pointed that out to Paul, he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, the dog was talking, like speaking to the back to the creature, replying to it. I know we haven't seen it in a while, but do you remember what the dog says? He says he says exactly what the story says. What the story says? Okay. Yeah, he says Lichini Kishini Kali Mali Dingo Dingo. Okay. And he, he he literally went right with the story. Okay. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just so you know everybody that's listening, Troy James, that's the guy, and he needs to definitely be in more horror movies. Yeah. He's definitely um freaking awesome yeah i mean i didn't realize he was gonna be in this movie but as soon as his monster came on screen and just by the monster's movement away uh movement alone i just was like right away like wait is this the guy from the void and that's exactly what i said to you too i was like this i was like is this the same exact guy that was the cre- the creature in the void because i wouldn't be surprised if he was and i think he also there was a i don't know if it's the same guy or not there was another guy if not the same guy that was actually the alien in the alien films played the alien creature and that was another guy that could move i don't know if it it's a different guy. It definitely is a different guy. It's a different guy, but it's just like we need more people like the guy that played the alien and the guy that played the creature in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark and in the Void. We need more actors like that. Yeah, because if you want to save money on CGI, hire these people. Because these guys will get the job done and you won't have to rely on CGI to get the effect that you desire. Exactly. Now, before we talk <coughs> our head off about uh, me, Ty, Doe, Walker, is there anything else that we want to add? Because I'm sure we could talk about this guy all night long. I I was just overall like, I, I do have to agree with you guys. I think that that was my favorite from the movie. That was my favorite story that was portrayed. Like, even though they were like, certain elements that I liked of the other stories, but that was the one that like stuck out, I guess the most to me. Right. All right. Well, you know, Stacey and I kind of talked on it. Now let's hear your opinion, Tessa. When you saw the trailer and going into the movie, was it what you expected? Kind of like what Stacey and I wanted or talked about or were you kind of like, like, how would your thoughts, what would your opinion on the movie? Honestly, I was trying to go into this movie with like an open mind because I was just hoping that the movie would be done in a way that it would justify, you know, scary stories to tell in the dark. So I was trying to keep an open mind going into this film. And I'm just like, oh, I hope that they do this good. I hope it's done well. And, you know, and that they stick with, like, the stories and stuff like that. And I was curious to see what stories they were actually going to use. Like, what tales they were going to use. Because there's so many of them. So when I saw the trailer, I was just like, okay. Well, I'm going to keep an open mind, you know, I hope that this, 
you know, does well, but I did have my doubts about it. So I guess my feelings were kind of a little mixed in a way, but I was trying to keep an open mind about it. Um, well, yeah, I see what you mean too, but we gotta, we gotta <laughs> remember too, all of us anyway, that when they were promoting this movie, when they were giving out the posters, we had like, I believe it was four posters, because the first one was Harold, we got Harold the Scarecrow, uh, second one I'm pretty sure was from the movie, or not movie, god damn it, <laughs> the story, uh, The Red Spot. The third one was the pale lady, and the last poster that they uh, hinted was the Mai Tai Doty Walker. So, let's go into um, the Big Toe. What did you guys think of the Big Toe movie uh, story within the movie? I should say. I guess I like the the effects. I liked how they did the monster for this one. Like the effects of it, the makeup, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty well done. The fact that, you know, that they made it look like her toe was missing and everything. And she was all decomposing and decrepit looking. Um, I did notice that the way that it was introduced into the movie was that the toe was already in the food. Whereas in the book... It's obviously different. The boy finds the toe outside and brings it to his mother in the book. And they chop it up and they put it into a stew in the book. Whereas in the story, in the movie, movie it's the toe's already in the stew. Like, it's already, it already, like, manifested into the stew. And the boy ends up eating it, which I don't know how you could miss something like that being that big and yeah crunchy and stuff well you gotta remember too that he was on the phone with uh one of the other so he was distracted but i even if i was on the phone and i was eating something i would notice something like that are you sure you sure with all that like Soup goo and everything. I would notice something like that. That was a pretty big freaking toe. And it it made a crunching noise when he chomped on it. Like I would have stopped like immediately. (laughs) Feel like I didn't I didn't know stew was supposed to be crunchy like this. I I didn't mind this little story in the film, but I just thought for sure that this one had to have been the shortest one out of the movie, though. It was the shortest one out of the movie. For sure. I'm just looking at the actual story from the book, like, right here in front of me. Yeah, we can probably hear you turning the pages. (laughs) I'm on the website. The big toe is probably my favorite story of the original books, my favorite story of all. And um, that's because, you know, when the creature's like, where's my toe? You've got it. Like, I love it. Um, I think in, um, in the movie, 
It wasn't bad, but I do agree with Tessa that I wish you kind of would have followed the story more instead of like this toe magically appearing in this stew. <laughs> like, wait, what? <laughs> Why? Where did that come from? You know, um, I kind of wish you would have went with the story where, you know, the little boy or whatever goes out into the backyard and, you know, dig up this toe, you know. But, and then again, like I said, I'm just such a big fan of the actual stories that I wanted this whole film to go to stick to the stories, you know. I didn't really want it to be, like, modernized and, you know, really changed up. So that's just me being stubborn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean... What can you really do with that with that story too? And with the way like I was just mentioning how uh it was the shortest one, I mean I don't know. I mean I was just hoping a little bit more. I know our other friend of ours who isn't present tonight, uh Tristan, that was actually I believe from if I remember right, that he, he really enjoyed that one in the movie, which I was surprised because I'm like, wow, you actually probably like the, the uh, shortest story within the movie, so. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and real quick, too, is since uh, since Tessa is doing a story time thing, um, not that one. No, 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 no. It's the other one. That's the one that Stacy does not like. <laughs> That's not the original artwork. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that's the original stories. Okay. Okay. So, there you go. The second book is going to have, I'm pretty sure, the red dot or whatever. And then the third one is going to have, like, the pale lady and stuff like that. But, so, now I guess it's my turn then to read a story then. So, mine is going to be for the big toe. Which, after reading this, I want to I wanna point out something else. I just don't have the book right now because I just don't remember what I did with it. But it would have been perfect to talk about because of the uh, the whole big toe thing. But anyway, so grab your hot cocoa, ladies and gentlemen, and let me put <laughs> the word in your ears. <clears throat> All right. Once there was a boy digging at the edge of the garden when a, he saw a big toe. He tried to pick it up, but it was stuck to something. So he gave it a good hard jerk, and it came off in his hand. Then he heard something groan and scamper away. The boy took the toe into the kitchen and showed it to his mother. It looks nice and plump, she said. I'll put it in the soup. And we'll have it for supper. That night, his father carved the toe into three pieces. And they each had a piece. Then they did the dishes. And when it got dark, they went to bed. The boy fell asleep almost at once. But in the middle of the night, a sound awakened him. It was something out in the street. It was a voice. And it was calling to him. Where is my toe? It groaned. <laughs> when, 
When the boy heard that, he got very scared. But he thought, he doesn't know where I am. It never will find me. Then he heard the voice once more. Only now it was closer. Where is my toe? It groaned. <laughs> the boy pulled the blankets over his head and closed his eyes. I'll go to sleep, he thought. When I wake up, it will be gone. But soon he heard the back door open, and again he heard the voice. Where is my toe? It groaned. Then the boy heard footsteps move through the kitchen into the dining room, into the living room, into the front hall. Then slowly they climbed the stairs. Closer and closer they came. Soon they were in the upstairs hall. Now they were outside his door. Where is my toe? The voice groaned. His door opened, shaking with fear. He listened as the footsteps slowly moved through the dark towards his bed. Then they stopped. Where is my toe? The voice groaned. At this point, pause. Then jump at the person next to you and shout, You've got it! <laughs> the big toe also has another ending, apparently. <clears throat> when the boy hears the voice calling for his toe, he finds a strange-looking creature up inside the chimney. The boy is so frightened he can't move. He just staring there and stares at it. Finally, he asked, What you got such big eyes for? And the creature answers, To look you through and through. What got such big claws for? To scratch up your grave. What got such a big mouth for? To swallow you whole. What you got such sharp teeth for? To chomp your bones. And as you give the last line, pounce on one of your friends. <laughs> Which and, he won't do that because we got a mic between us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that was the big toe story. And what's very funny, though, is that what I like about the big toe here with this original story, which, like I said, if I had the book with me, um, I would explain why I find big, the big toe very interesting. But, so, if you've never heard of this kid's book and you have children of your own, or maybe if you, if you just have a heart as a kid, of a kid still and you like reading the old child stories, then check out or find a book called Five Goofy Ghosts. And within that Five Goofy Ghost book, you will actually find a tale called The Big Toe. And what I find very funny is, you know, that line that I was saying where it's like, where is my toe? It's actually in there. So, the big toe actually inspired stories for even kids, but not as gruesome as scary stories to tell in the dark. So I like that. 
But anyway, yeah, that was my storytelling reading. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, I did like the way the creature was for the big toe. But, you know, I actually had to, like, go back to figure out where they even got the creature idea for the big toe. So, once again, it was, I believe, one of the other original books or something. I really don't remember, but it was, like, one of those things where it's just like, well, this did look almost like the lady from the Haunted House story. But we'll get that to that in a minute, I bet. But as far as the big toe goes, I, yeah, I mean, it was the, definitely the shortest one. Uh, I want to say the kid got what he deserved, but at the same time, I don't remember because I... Well, I'm pretty sure I just wanted all the kids to just die. You wanted them, <laughs> right? Die. The kid, the, yes. kid the kid wasn't a bad kid. The one that got taken away, he wasn't a bad kid. The kid that actually got the just desserts that I really wanted to get the just desserts was the bully that Harold took out. Oh, yeah. yeah. That yes. was I really wanted. <laughs> oh, I couldn't wait for Harold to come alive and just Scratch his eyeball yeah. <laughs> yeah. and turn him into a scarecrow. Like, come on, Harold, get up and turn his eyes into a scarecrow now. Well, you're going to take that, Harold? Come on now. <laughs> Speaking of Harold, so Harold, Harold, so Stacy, you just kind of mm -hmm. said it, but what about Harold? You were excited for him, it seems like. Yeah, so, and Harold, you know what? It's, Maybe I'll read Harold, because at first I was going to read The Dream, because I really think, like, that uh, creature in The Dream, the pale lady, was, like, spot on. I was, like, so creeped out with The Dream. Um, but uh, Harold is my favorite. Now, I don't have the books, but on this website, oh, maybe I won't read Harold, because this one is a longer one. Um but I'll read the dream. But no, like uh, Harold, I I felt so bad for Harold. I really did. Like I I actually I got emotional because you know how the boy was treating him. I'm just like, will you just leave him alone? <laughs> He's just a harvest scarecrow, and that guy was such a jerk. But um, I really do like how they did Harold. I love the you know the practical effects, the costume, and everything. I think they were really good with Harold. I completely agree. Yeah, I've I've always been a fan of Harold the Scarecrow just because of the fact that he dealt with the bully. Mm -hmm. So, and you know, bullies get what they deserve. Yeah, no, but the Harold the actual story is a longer one, so I don't think I'll read that one. I'll read uh, the Dream. That's the one I'll read <laughs> when we get to the Dream. <laughs> oh, would you like me to, to read it. Harold? Huh? Would you like me to read Harold? It is pretty well. Well, no, it ain't even. Yeah, no, it's not that I don't want to read it. It's just like, I mean, I can't it's read long, it. Like, actually. yeah, it's, it's, it seems like one of the longer stories on here is all. That's why I said that uh, maybe I won't read that one because it's pretty long. Okay, so for our listeners, 
Unfortunately, I'm going to have to agree with Stacy and Paul here. It is pretty long. <laughs> well, yeah, because it really goes into, like, depth. the depth of, like, Harold and how, yeah. like, uh, the beginning is talking about how Anita, like, one of the uh, people is trying to tell the other person that it needs to look like Harold. Like, it needs to, uh, which I'm assuming... Well, it does look like him in the movie. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. They the do, only yeah, they difference do. is, um, I believe, is the movie actually made it so that he had, like, a hole in his chest. His stomach the, area. A yeah, bit. where his stomach area, his belly area. While the book shouldn't have that hole. It's just him completely... Sewn up. Yeah, it's just him, like... Completely like a normal person would look like, not a big hole in the middle like we see in the movie. That's like the only difference I saw. But uh, Tessa, your thoughts on Harold? Um, I was overall very happy with the way that they did Harold in the film. Um, I was very ecstatic when the bully got his just desserts by Harold and was turned into a scarecrow. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but. I don't know if that's really a spoiler, because we should all know what happened to him. But yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, for some of the people out there that haven't actually watched it, you know. Anyways. They could have read it. (laughs) I swear, I'm gonna... Mm -hmm. Anyways, I was happy with how Harold was done in the movie. He looks almost exactly the same... As he does, as he does in the book. Um. So yeah, it's it's not like one of my like favorite ultimate stories of all time from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, but I still like Harold. So please don't come and turn me into a scarecrow, Harold. We love you, Harold. <laughs> now. Since we're since Stacy just mentioned it and she wants to re- read the story, so Stacy, the pale lady, the dream. Yes. Um, now I think they did really good on the pale lady as well. Um, this was a really creepy part of the movie. Uh, just her like standing there, and actually, the person who plays the pale lady is the same one who plays Harold. Mark Steger looks like. But yeah. uh, so I was like, ooh, so I'm like, wow, that's some really good makeup there because I can't even tell that was a man. But, um, but yeah, I think they did really good on uh, this makeup as well as the story. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to read the dream. <clears throat> and just so you know, on this website, it's probably a little bit different from the books because, um, like, as you guys are reading from the books and then I'm reading, you know, from the website – um, it's kind of like, so, Lexi Morgan had a dream. She was walking up a dark staircase, and when she got to the top, she walked into a, ba- a bedroom. The bedroom carpet was made up of large squares that looked like trap doors, and each of the windows was fastened shut with big nails that stuck up out of the wood. In her dream, Lexi went to sleep in the bedroom. But during the night, a woman with a pale face, black eyes, and long black hair slipped silently into the room. She leaned over the bed and whispered, 
this is an evil place. Run away while you still can. Then the black-haired woman grabbed her arm. Lexi Morgan woke up with a scream and lay awake the rest of the night, shivering and shaking with fear. In the morning, she told her landlady that she decided not to go to Kingston after all. I can't tell you why, she said, but I just can't bring myself to go there. Then why don't you go to Dorset, the landlady said, asked. It's a pretty town, and it just and it isn't far. So Lexi Morgan went to Dorset. Someone told her she could find a room in a house at the top of the hill. It was a pleasant-looking house, and the landlady there, a plump, motherly woman, was as nice as she could be. Let's look at the room, she said. I think you will like it. They walked up the dark, carved staircase like the one in Lexi's dream. In these old houses, the staircases are all the same, Lexi thought. But when the landlady opened the door to the bedroom, it was the room in her dream. It was the same carpet that looked like trap doors and the same windows fastened with big nails. This was just a coincidence, Lexi told herself. How do you like it, the landlady asked. I'm not sure, Lexi said. Well, take your time, the landlady said. I'll bring up some tea while you think about it. Lexi sat on the bed, staring at the trap doors and the big nails. So there was a knock. soon there was a knock at the door. It's the landlady with tea, she thought. But it wasn't the landlady. It was the woman with pale face and black eyes and long black hair. Lexi Morgan grabbed her things and fled. That's the dream. <laughs> and yes, that was exactly what was in the book. Oh, oh, we good. Actually, okay. Yep. Yeah, if we were following along in the book with you when you were reading. So, reader, did you okay. follow along? Listeners, I mean, did you follow along? <laughs> um, you know, when, you know, I'll say this about the pale lady. I give uh, the the special effects team my, 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 wow. Yeah, bravo. Yes. I mean. They did an epic job on her. I mean, when we sat down and actually watched the behind the scenes of this film and stuff, and when the pale lady came out, when they were talking about how they made that creature to life, you know, you have to applaud. You really do, because the only reference they have to the Pale Lady is the picture of the Pale Lady, that one single image of the Pale Lady from the book. And the way that they brought her to life, it just, it was great. They, they, they like, outdid themselves. Like, it was crazy. It, it, it's amazing. The the cool and I guess weird thing is, you know, I know it wasn't what we got from the book in the movie, but I I still enjoyed myself, and because I I you know you just had to just accept the fact that what was going on was going on. I guess with the little boy that was in the dream, the red room, where we already knew death was coming. Because when you see a red room or red lights for anything, really, it just means death. But the way that they portrayed the pale lady, where she was like, uh, do I want to say multiplying in a way? Like, like either yeah, way, 
Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it kind of looked like he was stuck in, like, some kind of, um, you know, like those uh, mirrored houses in, what is it, uh, carnivals or something? You got the different, you know, the the house of mirrors. Yeah. It kind of looked like he was stuck in that, and in each mirror you saw the pale lady. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then it just got to the point where they got too close, and then the pale lady just hugged him. Yeah, and it's like, oh wow, that was uh... disappeared. Yeah, yeah, just melted into her, just completely disappeared, went bye bye. Yeah, I think that would like one of my favorite parts too. And can we talk about the petrified look of fear on this boy's face? I mean, really, it was very convincing. Oh Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't want to bash everybody that worked on this film, but saying like they were just horrible and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, there were some people where I'm just like, ah, your acting could have been okay, but yeah, no, this kid (laughs) straight on awesome. Petrified look of fear. Definitely give him props. What was his name again? I'm trying to remember who uh, the kid's name was. Oh, God, what was his name? Ah, I wish we had time to rewatch it before we did this. I think it was Chuck. Yeah, I think that sounds right. I think it was Chuck. Chuck Steinberg. Yeah, I think it was Chuck. Austin Zodger. Or it was Augie. Augie. Yeah, it was Augie. Augie was, uh, wait, was it Augie? Chuck. Oh, Um, God. I'm, I'm getting the boys mixed up here. If I see their faces, I could tell you. Because if I could look at them, I could tell you which one was in which story. Uh, hang on. We're gonna so that so Ruth uh, Natalie Gunhorn is actually the lady that did the red spot, which we will get to next. But right now, just for uh, yeah, he was the one that was in the dream. He he. Um, yeah, he was in the dream, Austin. So Chuck, oh, Chuck, yeah. Chuck was in the dream, and then Augie was in the big toe. Yeah, Augie was the right. one that was taken in the big toe. He was the first one to go. Yep, was Augie. Uh, well, t- uh, wait, yeah, because that would be for the Bowie, right? I think it was the Bowie first, then it was. Uh... Yeah, but I'm talking out of the pack of friends. Right, right, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I see what you're getting at now. So yeah, um. Yeah, I don't really know. I mean, you know, I guess with the pale lady, like I said, it's not going to be like what we got in the book, but you still got to applaud for the fact of that one image as a reference to turn it, the pale lady into an actual costume of practical effects. Uh, I'm just going to say it right now. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yep. Did an amazing job with the pale ladies' makeup for sure. All of the creatures' makeups, really, but when it came down to the pale lady, my God, it was like spot on. Yeah, I think that's where they really hit home in this movie. They really um, outdid themselves with the uh, effects, you know, the makeup, the Costumes and everything, they've outdone themselves. So I think that's one thing that really sets this off, you know? Right. No, I completely 100% agree with you. And that Mark guy that did uh, Harold, he also played at the Pale Lady as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I was yeah. saying. When I said, like, 
I didn't even, you couldn't even tell that was a man. Yeah, because it was nope. done so well. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't think of anything more for the pale lady, unless you gals can. Nope. Mm -hmm. All right. So next one that clearly is in it is the next one that clearly was in it is the well-known the red spot. So is anybody here afraid of spiders? No. Yes. Not really. I'm not really afraid of spiders. I guess I'm more. I don't like centipedes. <clears throat> right. You're more of a centipede. I'm assuming Stacy doesn't mind spiders either. Uh, I'm terrified of spiders. Oh. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> then, this, then I guess you can. Uh, well, so okay, Stacy, uh, talk talk to us about the red spot then. What? <laughs> um, I think the red spot was probably my least favorite, and not even because I'm terrified of spiders. Um, what did the I feel like the yeah, the way it was done for me was just like a little over the top. If that makes any sense, you know, it was over the top. Uh, so um, it, it didn't give me the same vibe as the story, you know, the, the actual story. So, yeah. and even like, say, like, I mean, the makeup, especially face with that one, I wasn't really a fan of either. The which one? I'm sorry. She didn't really for the like red, the practical no. effects for it. Like oh, yeah. for it. Really? I, I I guess I didn't really mind it. I mean, I mean, what can you really do trying to portray like a a, a spider bite? Really? Uh, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I didn't mind it. The CGI though, yeah, they they could have turned it down a little bit, but yeah. Um. Otherwise, I think that was the only one where I was just like, eh, this one's a little bit too much CGI, but I'll let it slide, is what I said. Yeah, because of, like, the spiders seem to be too much, like, too much CGI, and then, like, some other things about it. Yeah. I actually found the story in the book, and it's not very long at all, either. It's actually really Oh, short. get ready, boys and ghouls. So the yeah, red... the, yeah, the red. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead, finish what you're saying. I could wait. No, I was just gonna say. Yeah, I remember the red spot being one of the shorter stories. Yeah, oh, it definitely it, is. It's definitely short. The red spot. While Ruth slept, a spider crawled across her face. It stopped for several minutes on her left cheek, and then went on its way. What is that red spot on my cheek? She asked her, her mother the next morning. It looks like a spider bite, her mother said. It will go away. Just don't scratch it. Soon the small red spot grew into a small red boil. Look at it now, Ruth said. It's getting bigger and it's sore. That sometimes happens mother said it's coming to a head in a few days the boil was even larger look at it now said ruth it hurts and it's ugly we'll have the doctor look at it her mother said maybe it's infected 
but the doctor could not see Ruth until the next day. That night, Ruth took a hot bath, and as she soaked herself, the boil burst. Out poured a swarm of tiny spiders from the eggs their mother had laid in her cheek. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but the story, the story definitely uh, gets me, you know, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, I I don't think I'd be a fan of spiders either if their if their mother decided to lay a bunch of her eggs in my face. I don't think I'd be a fan of them either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. Before I think we get on to really the finale of the what story uh really started all this is I'm curious to know, did you ladies happen to notice at some point of the scary story to tell in the dark film that they actually were showing other stories that were already, ha that already happened, but we couldn't see them? I think I was noticing that a little bit, but they wouldn't show it to us, but they were kind of like hinting at them in a way yeah like one of the stories that was already in the book of you know mrs bellows was the wendigo was the wendigo and there was a couple other ones too but to be honest i think i would have loved to have seen what they could have done with the wendigos because that story is quite interesting as well so, I don't know. It makes me wonder what they definitely could have done with the Wendigo. And the Wendigo is not that short, or not that long of a uh, story, but since it wasn't in the movie, I'm not going to read it anyway. And as for the really the finale that really, you know, connected the whole story to begin with, called The Haunted House, which I will say is probably one of my favorite scary stories to tell in the dark stories from the book. Anyways, because when they find when we finally see uh, Mrs. Bellows near the end, you know we couldn't really see too much of her, which I thought was kind of a little bit disappointing because you know you made this practical effect. And yet, we can't really see the face. Um, that was the only downside of it. But otherwise, um, from what we saw within the behind-the-scenes video, it was pretty much spot-on. It was just the fact that the movie really didn't give us a good shot of the face. And when... When uh oh god when the when the group of kids actually went into the house to begin with when they were talking about it and stuff I was just like wait a minute I feel like I should know uh, you know I like and to me anyway I didn't really say it out loud but I was just like is this what I think it is and then as soon as the the last bit of the movie was coming on 
and they said the haunted house, I, I was like, yes, because <laughs> that was it's one of my favorites, and I just I I enjoyed really how they connected it all while like you know Mrs. Bevel was writing it and that's why these stories were coming to life after everybody in the gang but I am curious to know anyway what you ladies thought I was actually actually pretty impressed with how they tied it into the movie like tied all the stories into it like they started out essentially with the whole the whole movie started out with them going into the haunted house and getting their hands on the book of stories and then it just played out through there and it was just great how like it well, yeah, because got to the end of it and yeah. it tied it all back into each other and it kind of like brought it back to like where it all started yeah Yeah, came full circle which i really liked how they did that and i will say just real quick that i didn't really want to interrupt you but we cannot forget who started it all it was the damn bookworm because she saw the book she had to open it and start reading and that's what caused (laughs) mrs bellow sarah bellow actually if i remember right sarah bellow to really come back to start writing the story because I think we kind of got a glimpse of Sarah Bellows anyway when she started reading because we kind of saw, I believe, like a little, uh, uh, maybe Stacy or, or Tessa can correct me, but didn't we see some sort of sign like, like an apparition like a, of her? It was either an apparition or maybe like some sort of mist thing that would see the She eyes. was showing up through, she would show up like throughout the stories i think in a way yeah. because we saw her we, we saw, saw her silhouette yep. in the red spot yep and we saw her like throughout the movie like in a silhouette or an apparitional form like she was there it was like almost like she was there to try to see the stories carried out and the red spot was the only one that really got like intervened intervened where somebody was actually saved because uh nobody was saved in Harold they were able to carry out with who their victim for Harold they were able to carry out their the victim big for big toe yeah. and the dream and the red spot was the first story in the film where they intervened and they saved the victim. The victim wasn't actually taken in that one. And well, the haunted house story, well, you know, in this case, they would like the full circle. Mm-hmm. So that was really the story. What do you think, Stacy? Um, <clears throat> actually, I kind of got a hunch how they were going to tell this story in the movie and um, my hunch was pretty much right I mean not like you know uh, part for part but just like the whole gist of it and I get a whole like goosebumps type of vibe with that you know how they find the goosebumps books the manuscripts and then all these monsters just start appearing and in order to make it all stop they got to find 
you know, the writer, R.L. Stein, and he has to put an end to it. And so Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark actually gave me that whole vibe as well, where they find that diary of the stories and then everything just starts up when they start reading it or they open it or whatever. And in order to make it all stop, they got to go back to the source. You know, so I I, I actually saw that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like I, I actually, I saw that. Like, actually, I, I just got a hunch that that's how they were going to tell this story. Cause, you know, I had to think when they started, you know, talk of, talking about it becoming a movie and everything. Like, well, how exactly would they tell these stories? And I, it instantly came to my mind, like it's gonna, it's probably gonna be something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, I kind of wish it didn't come to that, but at the same time, I don't know what you they could have done, really. Um, yeah. So, like, they couldn't really made it like an anthology. Like, they could have done one or two things. They could have either done it like tell like a, an anthology. You know, each story just pretty much told separately and not really tying in together, or they could have done it like like how they did it, and just make like you know, one overall story and then tie these stories together like that. that. That It was like one or two ways they could have did it. So, um, you know, overall, uh, it was it, it was a good turnout. It was a good turnout. And I kind of do wish that they would have played around with that a little bit more myself because, again, like I said, watching it, I already had a hunch how it was going to be. And I just kind of... It was kind of like watching Goosebumps all over again um, <clears throat> for the most part. That's pretty much what it was like, like as, as as far as how everything was playing out, you know? So. Yeah, I I saw it come that way too, Stacey, but I just was just like, all right, whatever, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm actually appreciating the fact that they actually did justice to the monsters, and I want to... Yeah. I want to continue watching without it letting me go down. Like, I don't want it. I, uh, I didn't want that to be the only negative out of it, really, just because they couldn't figure out really something original to do it. Yeah. But it would have been nice. Well, hopefully, different. well, hopefully this isn't it. I mean, you know, it's got plenty of stories to tell in the dark, you know, stories to chill your bones and everything. So hopefully, um, they continue with it, bring us a sequel and tell some more of these stories. You know, I mean, the ones that they hit on in this first one are definitely some of the more popular ones. But, you know, I they can pretty much include all these stories. You know, as long as they keep up what they're doing, um, keep hitting it on with the special effects, the practical effects and everything. And um, they really did good there. They did. They have outdone themselves there. I have to agree with you. I really hope it's this isn't just the end. I really hope we get to see like a sequel, which if they're going by the name of the book, in this case, there would be more scary stories to tell in the dark. So I hope we definitely get more, more. And this might be a hard question for you ladies right now, but just out of curiosity, is there any other stories from the books that if they were to come out with a sequel that you would like to see 
there any other stories that sticks out? I, I think for me, I would like to see Bloody Fingers. Oh my God, that's a good one too. Yeah, that'd be a good mm-hmm. one. There's like a, there's another one in there that's like the White Wolf, the Wolf Girl, you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Me and my wolves, I know. But you know, just, just yeah, I have to agree with Stacy. Like, if you guys do a sequel. Show us more stories from the book. We'd love to see more of the creatures and the monsters come to life on the screen. It would be interesting to see that. So, yeah, yeah, I completely agree with Stacy. Yeah, please do it. <laughs> yeah, you can't just leave us with just this first one. You know, there's three books. You gotta, you gotta, you you know, gotta, gotta keep it more. going. <laughs> even with even with the um the ones that are not so popular, they can still be done. You know what I'm saying? They can still be done, and just you know, just give us more. Please don't just leave it here <laughs> and just let it go. Give us more. <laughs> I think like like what Stacy was trying to say too is there's three books, make three movies. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Take take stories. From each each book and make it into a film. Well, even with this first movie, as you can tell, they didn't um like they didn't all stick with just the first book. Okay, so for no, the first book, you got Harold, the Red Spot, and the Big Tone, and then they go to uh, more scary scary stories with Me Tai Do Tai Walker and the Dream. So, you know, they kind of, they bossed around there, which was good, you know. Um, but uh, definitely uh, bring us more. We we want at least three movies at the minimum because there are three books. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be If you want to bring us more, bring us more, you know. Like, don't be like Goosebumps and try to fit every single one of these stories into one, one and a half, two hour film. Do not do that. Do not make that mistake. So, so, so would these hang on? So, how many was it again? So, we talked about Harold, the Red Spot, Big Toe, uh, Haunted House, Haunted House, and Mighty the Dream, and my Mighty Doe. Okay, so that was actually six right there. That yeah, one. and that, that was a good number. They did a handful of stories into this one film, which was something going on a little bit off topic, which was. What goose? What they should do with goosebumps? Not fit all these monsters into this one movie, and you know it's like no, that doesn't work. It's it's, yeah. it's forced. It's just like too clumped and cluttered. Like so, they did good with this. They chose a handful of stories. They started with the most popular ones, which was good. You know, it's like a, it's kind of like a starting off with a bang type of thing. You know. Oh yeah. And they I, um, yeah, and. It worked. It definitely worked. So. Yeah, it would definitely be interesting to see what they would choose next. But I guess time will tell. Even if we get a sequel, which I'm <clears> crossing <throat> my fingers and my t- big toes. Anybody? Mm-hmm. Uh, Harding Har, 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 yeah. Har. <laughs> yeah, we got it. <laughs> All right. Well, so, um, Tessa. Uh, I think we heard a little bit from Stacy, but let's hear from a little bit for you. Uh, so, for your final thought, is what was your pros and your cons 
of the film? Pros definitely for me was um, the FX special effects makeup of the monsters, the creatures. Very well done. Very happy with that. I did like the atmosphere of the movie too, like the scene set for each story. Um, cons. Um, wow. Some of them, some of the monsters weren't exactly like identical per se to the book, like small differences like Harold, but still was enjoyable. Um, I felt like the movie could have been, I don't know, maybe a little bit longer, maybe. I mean, I don't know. Stacy? Yeah, I have to agree uh, with that last point you said, Tessa. Um, I do feel like it could have been like, and it, like nowadays, these movies are going into two and a half, three hours long. You know, it's not even unheard of now. So um, I do feel like in order to make it not seem so cluttered, you know, or kind of like forced towards an ending, you know, extend it a little bit more. We won't mind because, again, that's kind of like the average time for movies nowadays, two and a half, three hours. You know, nowadays, how many movies come out that is under, you know, two hours long now? <laughs> so they're surpassing two hours. So definitely um, make it longer if you, if you need that extra time to finish telling that story or work in some things that um, could have been worked in even within that within the stories. Like, just like we were saying, the big toe, how it seemed so short. Well, that could have been extended a little bit more, you know? <clears throat> right, exactly. We could have probably have seen, like, you know, the the parents actually make the stew. Maybe where they yeah. got it from to begin with. Or besides just saying, oh, there it is. It somehow was already in the stew. Um, so it would have been interesting to see more of how it got into the stew as well. Or whatever it was. I'm pretty sure it was stew, though. So, real quick, <laughs> is this movie was PG-13. And it was an hour and 48 minutes long. Just so it's out there. And again, um, with the whole rating thing, is. Um, PG-13 horror movies is, they're a little bit like blah to us, but if it's a good story, practical effects, special effects and everything, by, by all means, and the stories themselves are like dark kid stories, so they're not really meant to be, they're meant to be, you know, scary enough to creep you out at that age reading them, but it's not meant to be like, you know, like going into rated R territory where you're seeing blood and guts and or where you're seeing guts and stuff like that, like mutilation and all of that. So, um, like rated R will put it more towards a dog, you know, and then that's not really what scary stories are telling the dark is when you think about the original stories. Right. And 
it's just oh man i just don't know but one thing i don't know if you ladies caught on to is the theme song that was playing throughout the movie did you guys catch on to what that was and now I gotta see if I can find it too. But I'm yeah, just curious. I can't say half. Can half. <laughs> <laughs> Do you set that? Can you figure it out? Um. Did you, if you remember the theme song. I'm stumped at the moment. Stacy. I can't say that uh, I do. <laughs> I have. Okay, well, the answer to that is it's actually another part of the book. It is oh. called The Hearst Song. It's another story from the book. <laughs> That's what we're playing. And The Hearst Song, of course, is another one of those short little things, so I can do my best to read it. Or maybe try to uh, sing it, but I kind of haven't heard it in a while, so I don't know how the song really goes, unfortunately. But <clears throat> um, maybe I should just read it because I really just don't remember how you sing it. And uh, everybody would turn off the microphone, uh, turn off the sound anyway once I started singing. So, anyway, the first <laughs> song Don't You Ever Laugh. As the hearse goes by, for you may be the next to die. They wrap you up in a big white sheet from your head down to your feet. They put you in a big black box and cover you up with dirt and rock. All goes well for about a week, then your coffin begins to leak. The worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the worms play pinochle on your snout. They eat your eyes, they eat your nose, they eat the jelly between your toes. A big green worm would roll and eye, crawl in your stomach and out your eye. Your stomach turns a slimy green and pus pours out like whipping cream. You spread it on a slice of bread and that's what you eat when you are dead. Oh, yeah. Yes, now I remember yeah, that yeah. one. Yeah. Wow. I, I did not catch on. No, I didn't. Yep. That just gave me a refresher because now I remember. Yeah. So that was very interesting. So really, if you look at it, we got seven things in the film. If you want to be uh, technical. technical about it, for sure. There might have been more, but from what I can tell and what we can kind of catch on to, there's at least seven. And that's amazing for the first film. Whether you like it or not, yeah. it's just one of those things where, like, you know, I would have liked it if they made it for, like, more of an adult film. But at the same time, it's like, I understand why they were making it a PG-13. One, they didn't have have that R rating to strict uh, the chances of having a uh, wider audience and stuff like that. And I don't, and another thing is when the, when the movie was being made, it was under a budget of $25 million. Um, when it hit theaters here, it was about 
they they ended up earning sixty eight million dollars, and then with the worldwide release, they ended up bringing in almost another twenty million dollars for it. So they definitely got their money back and some. So I'm really hoping that is a sign that we do see a sequel. Yeah. But, uh, Stacy, was there anything else for the pros and cons, by the way? I didn't, since I kind of, like, possibly interrupted you, I just wanted to make sure. No, that was it for me. Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of nailed it on the head for all the pros and cons. I mean, the monsters were amazing. Uh, the environment was great. Some cons were for me were some of the acting, some of the scenes where it's just like really like we don't really need to see this, but whatever. Um, otherwise, the last con really for me was just that I just wish we did get like a hard uh like an R rating to actually have the film be kind of like grown up with us, the original readers. But I had to accept the fact of what they did. So, and I have. But I just wanted to say that's what I was really hoping for, though, with the R rating. It would have been cool to see that. But it is what it is. But before we beat this episode with a more of a dead horse, um, thank you so much for listening. Stacy, thank you for joining us. And Tessa, thank you as always. And uh, we'll have to do some more. And hopefully we can find a movie w- or th- that we can all agree upon, and um, hopefully talk more about it. Because yeah, this was actually quite fun, and especially if we can find something that has a book too. Because I think it really helps show like the differences uh, between a book and a film, for sure. Now. Before we also end this episode, too, Stacy, um, you've been quite busy, actually, too. So, tell us before uh, you know your goodbyes and stuff. Is what have you been up to, and where can we find your work, and how can we keep up in all your upcoming stuff that you got going on? If you'd like to be found, um, yeah. Well, um. I've been writing. I actually have seven books published now, working on more. Um, and you can find me at my spotlight, uh, my office spotlight at www.lulu.com backslash spotlight backslash Stacy Cox. And I think actually, um, let me just make sure, I think it's Stacy Cox Space Meister Zero. So let me just... Um, and I'm also found on um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Basemeister Zero across all of them. And actually, my uh, my page on Facebook is um, Stacy Cox Basemeister Zero author. Um, that's what it is on on Facebook. Okay, so yes, lulu.com, that's L-U-L-U.com backslash spotlight backslash backslash Stacy Cox Space Meister Zero. And that's S-T-A-C-E-M-E-I-S-T-E-R, the number zero. 
Um, that's where my author spotlight is, and you'll actually see all the links where I'm at, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, um, LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn as well. And then Wattpad is where I go to just write random, just random fun little stories um, really on Wattpad. But all my published books are, you know, um, featured on the other pages, other social media and lulu.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Stacey, again. Tessa, if you would like to be found on the social media, where can people find you? I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr. I don't have a Twitter account. <laughs> um, I do have a Pinterest, however. I have a lot of boards on there. So, yeah. Speaking of boards, you need to uh, help, help update our boards. <laughs> Yeah, but don't. But what's your at tag for these? Oh boy! At Wolf Queen thirteen thirteen for Instagram. Um, Tessa Baker, I think thirteen twenty five or whatever on Facebook. Um, Tessa Baker on Pinterest. Uh, I think Wolves of Hecate on Tumblr. <laughs> I have so much shit to remember. <laughs> well, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook at the hashtag, uh, hand, uh, the handle, Jesus, I almost said hashtag, at the handle of Pdolski, that is P-D-U-L-S-K-I, and my Twitter is P-D-U-L-S-K-I-13. Um, you can find the Everything Horror Podcast on all the social media at the handle of E-H Podcast. That is E-H-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. You can also visit ehpodcast.com, E-H-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S.com, and find... Us on oh boy, ready for these nine platforms of your choosing now. So, this is what you do when you go to our website, ehpodcast.com, and go scroll over podcast and episode. It will give you a list of all the links where you can find us on, which we have nine platforms now. And I will shout them right now what they are because this is gonna. Uh, get too big that I'm going to forget. So anyway, we are on Amazon Alexia, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, which is the newest addition to this. We are on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, excuse me, and YouTube. And once again, everybody, if you want to read a book, make sure you don't have a bookworm near you in a haunted house because you just might stir up some ghosts. And then most of (laughs) all, you don't want any of that. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, stay scary.